0: Welcome to the Paycheck to Profit Podcast, where your host, Robert Johnson, connects with individuals using their spare moments, improving their lifestyle by converting their paychecks into profits. Yo, what's up? Thanks for joining the Paycheck to Profit Podcast. I am your host, Robert Johnson, and today I'm joined by the incredible Mr. Brady Barker. Brady, thanks for jumping on. Super excited to have you here today.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here.
0: Yeah, man. So I know we're going to get into a lot of stuff today, but why don't we just kick it off with you sharing a little bit about your background, your history, how you got into real estate, and then we'll we'll dig in as we go into through that conversation together.
1: Awesome. Sounds good. So for myself, I was actually in college at the time when I knew I wanted to invest in real estate. It was just something that I had heard a lot of good things about, I knew that a lot of people, you know, successful individuals would get into real estate investing. So I was, I was looking at a career in the military at the time. And my idea was, well, I want to start, you know, utilizing the VA loan, very common thing that a lot of military members use and be able to start buying up some houses over the years. My, my idea was, you know, buy a few houses, five, 10 houses, you know, at the end of a 20 year career and and be set. And so I wanted to get started though, I was impatient. So I started actually working part-time in property management between, you know, classes, I would go out and and work several days a week doing property management. So that's how I got started there and actually kind of led me down a detour to end up working for a multifamily real estate firm. And so I helped manage their acquisitions, then also started coaching for Those owners had another company, so I was able to do that. And then now I am full-time in real estate investing with my own firm, Black Cedar Investments. I'm still in the National Guard. And then also, you know, doing my own consulting firm. So transitioned a little bit over, that's been about the last five years or so that kind of gone from that point of being, what the heck am I going to do with my life? Let's start somewhere to, I mean it completely take me down this path.
0: Dude, that's awesome. I I knew you were in the military, but I don't know that we've actually talked about it. Like that's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you for thank you for the service, obviously. Really truly means a lot. Going back to what you said, so it sounds like and honestly I I didn't want to bring age into it, but you're are you under 30?
1: Yes, sir. 25. Oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> I'm so old, man. (laughs) Dude, that's awesome that, you know, you're 25 and you've come this far and, you know, taking it from your original goal of owning, owning some properties throughout your military career and pivoting into that property management company and then taking it way further by joining up with the multifamily company. And that's Multifamily Capital Partners, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So for... For them, how long have you worked with that group?
1: Yeah, so I, I worked for Multifamily Capital Partners for about a year and a half. And then I worked for the Multifamily Mindset for three years.
0: Okay. Okay. So during that time, like what, how did that open your mind to changing your vision, your like your original goals and vision at the end of your military career to, I'm going to jump into, multifamily and take this whole different course of action?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. For me, it was almost like this yo-yo effect where on one end of the spectrum, I was like, yeah, I'm going to have 10 units. And then all of a sudden I was like, you know, I got into the multifamily space and very blessed, you know, to have um, awesome mentors and I got and I'm like, Oh my gosh, you know, go tell my wife, we're going to own 2000 units by the end of this year. You know, I was like, let's do this. <laughs> like, I'm excited. Learn about this thing called syndication. She's just over there. Like what's going on, you know? So I kind of went from one end of the spectrum to the other. And then like, as I got further into it, I kind of balanced out to find, okay, realistically, what does this look like for me? What's the timeline? What's the amount of units that I can get, you know, with the lifestyle I want to lead and find that balance. So for me, it was, it was an awesome journey of saying, okay, well, let's see, let's see what's possible here. Now let's find out, you know, what do I want to do to live the lifestyle that is ideal for myself and my family?
0: Yeah, dude, that's, yeah, that's awesome. That's, I think that is kind of an eye opener for a lot of people wanting to do real estate in a small scale. And then you, you kind of have the, curtains drawn back, and you see that there's so much more opportunity with multifamily in so many different ways. And real estate in general, you have hundreds of ways to make money. There's, there's limitless ways that you can, you can insert yourself into a deal somewhere, or you can buy property this way, or you can do that. So it's cool to, to kind of be able to adjust, you know, I think making those adjustments it's it's not easy sometimes and you know I'm sure that when you were talking about this with your wife it it probably wasn't just one conversation right like what is that what did that look like you know at the beginning of that that conversation to when she was actually ready to move forward <laughs> I know from experience <laughs> yeah. that you know it, it it takes some time and really understanding and like more information so like what did that look like at the beginning? when you were yeah. first talking to her about it.
1: I'll say a lot of trust for sure. Like she's an amazing woman. I don't know if I would have trusted me as much as she has up to this point. Right. Cause it's like, you know, let's be real. The, the conventional like thought process that I had coming into this is all, oh, I'm so young. Oh, who am I to get into doing this? And I had to just completely reverse that and put all that aside and say, Hey, why not me? Why, why can't I do this? And so, and, and she especially believed in me a lot, even when I couldn't explain it well. So yeah, it was a lot of conversations. It's a lot of showing, hey, here's exactly what I'm doing. You know, um, you know, it's like, hey, why are you putting in 60, 70 hour work weeks? And I don't even know what you're doing, you know? (laughs) And so I'd have to, I had to start getting a lot better at explaining and showing, hey, here's the vision, here's what we're doing, and here's where we're gonna get to. It's still a process now, actually, her and I have, a date scheduled here in a week and a half where we're going to review you know our goals our vision you know kind of do our yearly planning session so it's a never-ending process at least for me up to this point but i i owe a lot to you know my wife putting a lot of trust in me even when even when i haven't had things figured out completely
0: yeah dude there's a lot to say with the, the partner behind yeah. the scenes right and i i think at some point, I I realized this too, is that I wasn't doing a good enough job explaining it at the (laughs) beginning. And you called it out too. like, you know, that's an ongoing thing. But for me, I feel like that was probably one of the biggest opportunities to probably get momentum sooner is to take more time in the back end with my with my wife and family about what I'm doing, why I'm doing it, what that timeline looks like, realistically, and, and you know, really get that buy-in and partnership ahead of time. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So anybody listening that wants to start a side gig, <laughs> make sure to to get buy-in and and connect and communicate with your partner early and let them know and get their input, you know, make sure that they're in, involved in that conversation, what that looks like. There's a lot of sacrifices, I think, that come with it. and. Yeah. I, I don't know that it's truly known until you are going through and living it. So, you know, that was one of the things I noticed. I don't I don't know about you, but can you share some times where, you know, maybe there was some stress on the relationship because of this? And, you know, what is that what does that really look like when when you get working through that?
1: Yeah. No, it's a great point. I remember hearing the phrase there is no such thing as balance, right? Like going into entrepreneurship. 'Cause I, I didn't really grow up around many entrepreneurs, and neither did my wife. So it was it was kind of a new thing, a new world to be thrown into. The idea of, you know, work-life balance was always ingrained in us. But I, I kept hearing that there is no such thing as balance. And I was like, it took me a while to understand what that meant, you know, and it means that, you know, the way I've interpreted it at least is that yeah, some days there's not gonna be balance at all, especially if you look day to day like there's days where, you know, between military commitments and then having to make sure that I get caught up on work after those military commitments and stuff, it's like gone for, for days or even weeks at a time. And so it's definitely this give and take, right? So it's, we, my wife and I have to be very careful to plan out and look at, Hey, what's this next week look like? What's, you know, the next month, the next quarter, how do we make sure that we, we are both, you know, doing what we need to to feel fulfilled in life. You know, we we have a child that, you know, adds a level of complexity, right? I can't even imagine having more than one, you know, respect to all the parents out there. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But it's, you know, we make sure that we have to communicate And there's been multiple times where I haven't communicated well. My wife's like, Hey, why are you, it's 9 PM. Where the heck are you at? And I'm like, I thought I told you tonight I was working late. Right. Like, and it's the simple things like that. Right. And so for her and I, we have to make sure that we have a shared calendar. You know, last night we reviewed it together. We say, Hey, you know, for the next two days, it's looking like a 9 PM night for the two days after that, it's going to be more of a 6 PM night. And then, you know, Saturday, going to be work until 3 p.m. so then we can go on a date that evening you know it's like making sure that we know that the expectations are clear you know i have to make sure that i'm careful to you know like sunday for example this week i'm going to be putting as much time as i can in with our son you know since that's the day this week that's just how it shakes out every week's going to be a little bit different so that was a big mental shift i had to switch from is hey it's not going to be nine to five some days some weeks it's going to be almost nothing, you know, that I'm able to see my family other weeks. I'll make sure that we set aside complete time for them. So I would just say that communication aspect, switching our brains and, and figuring out what does balance look like for us? Because the balance that as we knew it doesn't really exist.
0: Yeah, man, that's, that's an awesome point. And for those listening, I would go back and listen to that one more time, take some notes, really focus on the point that you're not going to find balance every day. It's how you balance out the weeks or the months or the years even and making sure that you do make the effort to find that balance, but it's it just might not happen every day. And I think that's a big misconception. So thank you for calling that out is that every day is not going to be perfectly balanced, but you can make adjustments as you go to make sure you have time for your family and make sure that you have time for the business and still move things forward in both areas. So I'm, I'm curious earlier, you talked about, I think you said like, who am I to, to do this, you know? And that's one of the things that I think a lot of people face when they're going into trying something new is that they get a little bit of imposter syndrome and they have self-doubt and I, I know I've, I've gotten it. I'm sure every entrepreneur has it at some point multiple times throughout different stages as they're growing. Like what's something early on that you kind of thought of as, you know, maybe something where you didn't think it was possible or you maybe had that self doubt, but now you're in a position where you're like, why did I even think about that? Like that's silly. I'm, I'm a pro at that now.
1: Yeah, no, that's a good question. There's there's probably a lot of things. I mean, for me it's like my default has been to to doubt myself, right? Ever since growing up. It's been a prior programming I've had to actively work on that confidence in myself. But I'd say a specific example, I mean, I know we were talking about it before the show, but is even just putting myself out there on social media. That's never something I like to do. I didn't really ever like to show my face or, you know, be be active with putting myself out there and you know there was never just a light bulb moment for me but it's been as it's been more of a gradual process over the last few years of hey starting to put out content even if I'm embarrassed by my own content (laughs) and you know now I'm just like you know what if somebody doesn't like it they don't like it that's okay right like hopefully my mom likes it you know (laughs) hopefully a few other people do right but like And then I've started to see, though, that like, hey, actually, you get people reaching out and they're interested in investing or they want to learn more and you start making new connections. It's like, oh, my gosh, you know, it's so worth it. Even if it's just for one person, why why not? Why don't I do that? And so for me, it was like, hey, get over myself. It doesn't matter if I'm, you know, scared of doing this. Who might I be able to help with this? And that's where like, now I get excited at the opportunity for that. Obviously that's why we're here on this podcast. You know, that's yeah. why we're putting different opportunities like this, because who knows who might, might be able to resonate and, and hear from it. And, and there may be some days where nobody does, right. I've, I've realized that, but then, you know, even if it's just one that week, you know, at least at the start, I started to see, okay, like, this is something that, you know, get over myself and now. Feel totally comfortable with it if people don't like it they don't but at least there's going to be somebody out there that i know or that i've seen in the past right that will be helped by by the things uh, i've put out
0: yeah dude that i love that because i think so many people especially with social media get stuck in that where they have that doubt of is this content going to be the right thing for everybody and yeah it's not and <laughs> you can't please everybody But the idea is that you can put it out and the message is going to be the right message for somebody and they're going to see it eventually. And whether it's not this post or it's that post, it it will happen. And the more you do it, the more you put yourself out. You're building your personal brand and providing confidence that you are adding value day in and day out. And it, like you said, it might not be for everybody, but that's fine because there's a ton of people that are going to get value from that more than what you even think sometimes.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like, Hey, it may not be everybody's cup of tea, but you're somebody's cup of tea. Right. And that's, that's what makes, makes it beautiful. Right. Is even you could have two people saying the same thing or similar thing and just, it resonates more coming from one message. So that's where it's like, Hey, you know, take that shot, you know, put it out there. You, you're, the only thing you're doing is not giving yourself or other people a chance if you don't.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I've, so I've noticed this personally for just, you know, being connected with you on LinkedIn and Facebook, Instagram, all those things. And what I've noticed too, is that you've been posting a lot more and not only you, and I don't know if this is an, a direct influence of you speaking to your partners, but Zach and Hunter, I see a lot of posts from them too now. So I don't know if that was something that you guys grouped together and said, hey, this is an intentional thing that we're going to be putting focus on. Or if that was just like a natural, they saw you doing it and you know, maybe you talked a little bit about it, but now they're doing it as well. But your whole team, I see them all across social media channels and putting out good content.
1: So props to you. <laughs> Yeah, no, thank you. It's definitely a little bit of both, right? They're saying, hey, we got we to gotta see this. They're seeing the positive effects from it. Because I think sometimes we just get in the trap of, oh, well, I do acquisitions, or I do underwriting, or I do due diligence. That's kind of what I told myself before. And yeah, they, they started to see, hey, we're actually getting some some good responses from this. And then that led us to have a meeting to be like, hey, let's, <laughs> let's get more consistent with this. Let's make sure we're all on the same page. So. Yeah. That's awesome. Appreciate that.
0: Nice. One thing too, before switching topics is LinkedIn to me feels like a very, and not to say, uh, Instagram or Facebook is negative, but I feel like LinkedIn has so much positivity just coming out of it naturally that when you post your, your content on there, it just feels a lot better to get and see those responses and the views that you're getting and the people that you're reaching and things like that. And maybe
1: that's just me. I don't know how you feel about that. (laughs) No, I agree as well. It's definitely the one I'm the most comfortable with. And and I, I do think there is at least, yeah, like I've noticed the same thing. A lot of, a lot of positivity, a lot of good things that it's like, even if you were just scrolling, you're like, oh, you're actually getting some good value from it. It's not just a distraction or whatever. Right. Cause of course we know there's good stuff on all the platforms. It's just, there seems sure. to be a higher concentration.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Definitely more educational focused and value that you can get from it. I think Yeah. It, ultimately it depends on who you follow on Instagram and Facebook and all those things. But generally speaking, I think LinkedIn has, has a higher concentration. Like you said, yeah, yeah so i i'm curious how how you feel about this with the statement where people in the military they'll exceed in real estate they're gonna they're gonna be the best real estate investors and i'll tell you right now like i i somewhat agree with that but i think it could be worded better that if you have military experience you're going to succeed in any endeavor that you do when you commit and i think honestly it goes for a lot of people but i think it is enhanced when you have that military background i'd love to hear your take on it and like how military really sets you up for what you do today and and the actions that you take on a consistent basis Mm.
1: yeah it's a good question and i will say for myself you know being in the national guard right it's like you you're in both worlds all the time right because obviously i still go to drill i still go to trainings, and then I do everything I do on the civilian side. So it's kind of, you know, I have a lot of buddies who are active duty, a lot of buddies who are in the National Guard, so seeing a little bit of both sides. I mean, I would almost broaden it even more and say, you know, anyone who's truly committed to something and who is going to allow something to change them for the better, that they're going to be proactive about that, then they can utilize that experience or that know-how to be successful in all their endeavors. I think that's where what the military does is it helps engender this mentality of saying, hey, well, I need to make sure that I'm performing. There is no option for defeat, right? If, if I fail, what do we got to do to make sure that we, you know, come back better on things? You know, we're going to run back that training again, or we're going to make sure that we have the right mentality, or if you don't, it's going to you know, that mentality is going to be forced upon you. Right. <laughs> in a sense. So, I mean, cause I've known plenty of people in the military who have kind of, I don't know, I guess you could say more withered from that, right. They're they're They'll take those experiences or whatever, and they'll become more bitter from it. But I do see a large percentage of people who will take those things and become a whole lot better. So I would, I would just say, you know, from all of that, that, you know, the military experience really comes into play of, are you going to allow it to be a positive thing to change you, change your environment? And yeah, like that will allow you to then be successful in all of your pursuits. Real estate being a, a common one of them. Just by nature of, you know, a lot of guys and, and gals in the military moving around a lot. You know, once again, that was where I got the mentality originally for it. So yeah, just allowing the situations you're in, no matter what they may be to motivate you to improve your situation, to improve your surroundings. I think that's what really makes the difference. Nice.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So I kind of want to, I want to jump back into speaking of transitions and. In that right before we jumped on this and recording we were talking about your transition out of a w2 role so why don't you tell us a little bit more about that role that you were in you know maybe a high level of what you were doing and then what your plan is going forward into 24 and let's jump into that
1: yeah no i appreciate it yeah so really for me it's been it's been a process right so I, I still have a W2 with, with the military, right? It's not full-time national guard. So, and then I've, I had a W2 for a while that then transitioned into a 1099 position. And then recently that contract ended on good terms, you know, great relationship with the company, just going to pursue other things and then still having the, you know, self-employed with Black Cedar investments. So for me, it's been, more of a transition of where I had several W2s you know, like two or three before to then getting down to two to then being down to one currently with no 1099 and kind of almost, you know, when people say burning the boats, that's how it feels. You know, it, it's it been more of a gradual process, but even then there's kind of like that fear where you're saying, oh my gosh, like I don't really have much of a paycheck, right? Like I don't, I it's all dependent upon what I do. So Although it's been a process I'd say over the last year or two, right now is where it, it kind of hits more real and it's it's exciting but scary at the same time.
0: Oh man, I I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean that paycheck is is kind of like a superpower in a way where you have that comfortability, but at the same time it can it can maybe hinder some people from doing what they really want to be pursuing right and so it's that fine balance between what each person like needs to do and so i'm i'm super excited for you i'd love to hear more about what your next kind of endeavor is going into 2024 really i've only heard that you're looking at doing some consulting so i'd love to hear about what that's like and what your plan is for that moving forward
1: Yeah, for sure. So of course, consulting is a very broad realm. So, you know, I've been doing coaching 1099 up, up to this point, the last few years, or once again, I transitioned from W2 to then 1099 to now being off on my own with the consulting. And so I'm taking the skills I've learned from coaching to put them into practice in consulting. I found that, you know, I, I recognize different things in, you know, working with real estate investors. I've, been extremely passionate about it. I've really enjoyed my time, you know, coaching for real estate investors. And I was just like, man, I want to be able to get more involved. And so I started looking at how could I make a greater impact with people's businesses and, and help propel their businesses forward. So what I'm doing is my consulting practice will focus on strategic consulting for real estate investors and building a basic business operating system. So meaning the way that people, you know, set their goals, that they, you know, run meetings that really they take, I like to say in a nutshell, things from their long-term vision down to their day-to-day tasks and create continuity there. Because I've seen a lot of disconnect in in my own life and in plenty of other businesses, especially among real estate investors, For busy people who have multiple jobs. It's hard to be able to manage all those things. You can't just say, hey, from nine to five, I'm doing this from five to nine. I'm doing this because life happens. And so that's really where I'm focusing in on is how can people take their vision, their long-term vision to their day-to-day tasks, have continuity there, you know, plug in some systems, some software and be able to work with people through those things.
0: Dude, that's, that's awesome. I am super spot on (laughs) with, you know, the, the difficulty of, (laughs) of just getting the systems in place. I think so many people have the vision, but to be able to integrate all of the work that goes behind it and the infrastructure of the systems and the, and the software, like you said, like getting it all put together is not everybody's strong suit. You know, everybody has a vision, like you want the vision of, you know, you're going to be at X amount of dollars or X amount of units or whatever. But how do you really get that into motion?
1: exactly so
0: are you looking to work with mostly active investors then right like people that you were coaching kind of on the the 1099 contract like those type of investors where they're actively looking at acquisitions or are you looking at passive investors or like what does that dynamic look like
1: yeah no that's a good question i would say it's primarily for active investors obviously if there's passive investors um a lot of these principles do translate over as well, but really it's for people working to juggle multiple jobs and they they may not be to the point where, you know, it, it makes sense to bring on a full blown two year rollout of a business operating system, for example, it's saying, Hey, what can you do now while you're, while you're juggling multiple different things as an active real estate investor to, you know, create more momentum, propel your business forward now.
0: Have you gotten to the point of setting any goals on how many people you want to take on? Or how many properties or like, I don't know if you even went to that to that area. But like, how many people you want to take on is one thing, but then how many properties you want to help people acquire through your assistance, essentially?
1: Yeah, no, that, that's a great question. So yeah, I've evaluated it uh, for myself. And 60 people would be the absolute maximum. I would prefer to be more towards 20 because I'll be able to offer, sure. you know, differing amounts of, of help depending on, you know, some people want more hands on help, more uh, strategy sessions. Some people just want it on an as needed basis. So somewhere between 20 to 60 is where I'll land with clients uh, just from a personal bandwidth. Sure. And then with that, you know, I want to make sure that each client is able to have sustainable growth it's in that sense, it's similar to the coaching where everyone has different goals, different paces they want to go at. But really, I want to make sure that everyone I'm working with, you know, whether or not they've gotten their first deal, that they're able to sustainably get to that first deal or to that next deal during the time that we work together.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I, I think that's, I think that's a good approach, you know, really like maxing out to 60. Like you said, there, there might be some people that maybe don't need as much day to day but i love the the more boutique you know kind of approach versus mass yeah. scale and there's so much value to just having that one-on-one or small group conversations and things like that so yeah super excited for you and what you're doing there for sure yeah i um, appreciate it yeah yeah i think you know over your time with the mf capital partners and multifamily family mindset i think you've you've come across coaching hundreds of people, maybe even close to a thousand. I don't even know, but I, I haven't kept track. that yeah, probably somewhere <laughs> in <there. laughs> like what? What kind of trends have you kind of seen from just working with that many people? And, you know, like you said, you're, you're focusing on how to get those daily actions. But are there any specifics that kind of stand out where you're like, hey, this is something I know that will improve these people's lives immediately?
1: Yeah, no, that's that's a good question. The people that I've seen do the most in the quickest amount of time are those who are just simply putting themselves out there, who are networking, who are, you know, going out on social media, who are really working to expand their current sphere of influence. I've seen many people who are very technically skilled, who are able to do a lot of, you know, they're, they're able to get down underwriting or they're able to, you know, evaluate a ton of different deals, but they'll struggle. And they would come to me and they'd say, Hey, I'm not being able to get anything going here. And I'd say, well, okay, how many, how many networking conversations are you having? How many new people are you talking to? What are you posting out there? And every time they weren't doing any of that, the people that I saw who did make strides, whether or not it was, it was right away, but usually, you know, within a month or two, they would start to see some results in terms of, you know, making new connections, having new opportunities, a lot of things coming up. Those are the people who are really putting themselves out there. And that's, you know, obviously you're one of those people that I've seen over the last few years, that's done freaking amazing with this, you know? So it's, it's fun to see that when it just clicks, when people are like, Oh yeah, I got it. And like I said, that was something I had to realize myself too, because you know that's that's why i say that from personal experience and from working with a lot of different investors man there's just so much power in starting to put yourself out there
0: yeah goes back to that personal brand right yeah. the sooner you can start the better and again it's probably one of the biggest challenges for most people yeah and i know i was part of that too and you know when i first started working with you i was more on that side of doing numbers and, you know, putting the systems in place, but I wasn't talking about it. I wasn't putting myself out there. I was kind of, I don't know about, I I wouldn't say I was ashamed, but I just was worried about the perspective that people would, would have.
1: Oh, hundred percent. It's something everyone experiences or I'd say at least most people, but man, when you combine those two, that's, that's, what's really cool to see with you is having the technical expertise along with you know, the networking, putting yourself out there, chef's kiss. Thank
0: you. I appreciate that. (laughs) So we've kind of hit on it a little bit throughout this conversation, but I I want to throw it back out there and say, like, what is, what do you think it really takes for an individual to succeed and, and not just real estate, but in, in a growth mindset and lifestyle?
1: Yeah, well, that's a good question. I mean, I think one of the first things we talked about this right from the start, you know, with, you know, with both of us having, having spouses, it's, it's so essential to have a support system, you know, whether it's a, whether it's a spouse, whether it's a professional group, whether it's, you know, other family members or friends, like having people who are in your corner because it's going to get tough. It's, it's not a matter of if it's when, when it's going to get challenging. So I think that's one thing, but then the other part is internally what can you do to make small changes to shift your mentality? You know, that's kind of what we talk about with the military is I, I remember one of my things going into basic training, for example, was I was very worried that I would come back and I would fit some of the stereotypes that people sometimes have, that I'd be swearing all the time that I'd be, you know, impatient and, you know, quick to anger or things like that. You know, some of your bad stereotypes that you may see and. I remember that that's really what got me on a journey of going into mindset, which obviously attracted me to more of the coaching realm where I was able to see that, okay, well, there's a lot of things going on outside of me that I can't control on a day to day basis, but what can I do? What can I really control about myself to make sure I'm at peace to make sure I am growing, developing every single day for me, you know, prayer, meditation, those things became very real good parts of my life. They always, I guess they always were right, but they became even more so because I was saying, Hey, even if everything goes wrong in my day, or I don't have control over whatever it is, this is still talking military example, you know, you, you may have all sorts of stuff going on externally, but I'm still in control of my mind. And so that's something cool that I was able to really look at, you know, anytime I've been in a military training situation, which I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say it's like special forces or anything like that, right? <laughs> like basic training and stuff. It's not that intense, but I was able to, you know, use that mentality of saying, Hey, I have control of my mind. This is awesome. I've, I'm able to see, you know, strip away all the distractions of the world and be put in somewhat difficult situations. And I control my mind and then take that, you know, post that into, you know, investing into family, all those things and really say and get excited about, Hey, how can I, you know, challenge, expand my mindset even more, what can I do to make sure that I'm, you know, not letting anyone else dictate how my life is run, that I'm, I'm making sure that I'm, you know, doing the things that I need to every single day to control my mind. So I, I know I kind of repeated the same thing a few different ways there, but it's something that I'm very passionate about that I've seen, you know, it's when you see it in somebody, it just clicks. Right. It's like it's hard to tell somebody that they have to experience it, learn it themselves. You know, I I think in the entrepreneur world specifically, mindset's a huge thing, because when people understand that, that, it's really the foundation that if you're able to get your mindset right, you're able to build however many companies you need to to be successful. You're able to do whatever you need to in your day job, you know, to make sure that you're getting where you need to you know, make sure your family's taking care of all those things. So I'd say those, those two big things, you know, having, having the mindset and, and the support system have made a huge difference.
0: Nice. Yeah. I love it, <laughs> man. You're on point today.
1: <laughs> so, I may, I may take a few minutes to get to that point, but I'll get there. So, <laughs> No, man, that was good.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I've, I've really enjoyed, this conversation and just, you know, getting a little bit deeper with some of these things. And, you know, uh, like we talked about a little bit before recording, but showing a little bit of your vulnerability, which I appreciate and really just exposing some of the, the real life situations that people go through when they're, when they're doing this, which it's not easy <laughs> yeah for sure. But you know, some people make it look easy and I would say you are one of them. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I've, you know, I've talked to you plenty of times and you've always got a great attitude. You've always been so valuable and in, in adding different perspectives and information for, for me when we talk and just really appreciate it all around. Oh, thank you, man.
1: Thank you. That means a lot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, going back to the consulting thing, like what's the, like, where are you at right now? Are you ready to launch and take people on? Are you still working through that? Like how could people get a hold of you if they're listening to this and wanna wanna get started with you?
1: Yeah, no, that's a good question. So I'm about ready to launch here in a week or two, just getting some things buttoned up on um building my website, you know, being able to uh take things there. But I'm I'm able to get people started right away, you know, have all my back end stuff up. So my business is R E Business Consultant. And so my website, which will soon be live is, you know, rebusinessconsultant.com or my email is Brady at rebusinessconsultant.com. I'm also very active on LinkedIn. we talked about other social media platforms. So happy to get in touch with anybody that way. Sweet. Yeah. I'll, I'll make sure to
0: put all that info into the, into the description here. So people can check that out. Awesome. Sounds yeah. good, man. All right. So I got one more thing here yes sir uh random question of the show
1: all right hit me with it let's
0: do this what is your favorite road trip song i know that's a tough one but (sighs) road trip song aside from saying whatever my wife puts on (laughs) if you were by yourself road trip (laughs) Yeah.
1: if i'm by myself
0: if you have full control or you're the wingman and you get control
1: yeah. Hmm. I feel like this should be an easier decision than it is. I I just got back from a road trip. I'm trying oh. to think what do, what did we even listen to? I would say the song Down by Matt Kearney. Okay. It's it's probably not like a well-known song, but it's just like that song I don't know if it's technically like downbeat, but I'm like hmm. any mood I'm in, I'm I'm good for that song. Like One of my, I think one year, like Spotify told me I listened to it like 200
0: times.
1: (laughs) I didn't mean to, it just happened. But that song, like, especially if you're driving at night and you just need to be like vibing and go into like a good, like mental spot. Like that, that's my song for that.
0: All right. Yeah. I have not heard of it. So I'll check that out and I'll post that into the description as well. So people can check it out. Yeah, for sure. Sweet. Do you have any closing thoughts or. Anything you want to share?
1: Man, I just I just appreciate you having me on today. And I, I know we talked about vulnerability a few times. I would just say one thing that I've I've always thought about actively is how so often I think myself or any of us when we're telling stories of our lives, oftentimes it's, we want to make it out to be hey, I was in this spot, now look at me, I'm great. Right. And that and that's one thing that I want to make sure that I'm not always doing that because <laughs> sometimes, right. We, we have a tendency to look at everyone else and think they're doing better than us. And so it's this vicious cycle. So I would just say with the vulnerability is remember that you're probably doing better than you are, you know, for anyone who's listening and everyone else is probably doing amazing things as well. Right. And so why don't we work to, to lift each other up, but don't just assume that you're not doing as well as other people, right? Like for me right now, like full vulnerability. I'm scared to death with starting a new business, right? There's all new challenges that come with it. And, but that's okay. I'm excited about it. Right. And that's why I'm still able to be at peace, even though there's part of me that's scared to death. You know, it's like, it's fun. You face those challenges and you face those fears and remember that you're doing better than you are. So that's the last thing I would say to anyone listening to this. Dude, spitting fire at right at the
0: end. Are you able to <laughs> pick that mic up and drop it or... I don't know. It might, <laughs> might make a lot of noise. But. Dude, thank you so much. Really great having you on and looking forward to following along and seeing where you go with this consulting business and you know continuing to follow you with your, your own real estate company, Black Cedar. So congratulations. Thank you.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you for sure. Yeah.
0: Everybody else, thanks for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode.